things you don't really need to know, but probably should. I'm Kira Revan, and this, this is the Sunday 7. On this week's Sunday 7, we travel back in time to check on the formation of the Earth, find out about a major new initiative to help cut down on lung cancer, check out diet pills, and strap on a rocket pack for a quick spin around Norway. But first, on this day in 2001, doctors in Louisville, Kentucky implanted the first mechanical heart into patient Robert Tools. It was battery-powered and about the size of a tennis ball. Lung cancer kills 35,000 people in the UK every year and it's the most common cause of cancer death. The issue is that while it's treatable, it can be difficult to diagnose, but if caught early, the survival rate can be as high as 70%. This week saw the UK's NHS roll out a new scheme aimed at cutting down on lung cancer deaths, launched by PM Rishi Sunak. The pilot schemes that we've been running, people will have seen lung trucks in supermarket car parks like the one we're in today, make an enormous difference and that's why we will roll it out nationally, targeting those adults at risk and in doing so save thousands of people's lives. It's a good example of doing the right thing for the long-term benefit of the NHS and for patients everywhere. The scheme will see anyone who's ever smoked offered a free lung cancer screening starting with those aged between 55 and 74. The scheme will cost £270 million per year but it's expected up to 9,000 people could have cancer detected early. Helen Watley is Minister of State for Health and Social Care. The majority of people are diagnosed late with lung cancer and you will diagnose late treatment is less likely to be effective. In fact, unfortunately, if you're diagnosed late with lung cancer, your prospects of surviving five years are only around 4%. If you're diagnosed early, it's more like 60% prospects of surviving lung cancer. And we know that with this kind of targeted screening programme, we can then diagnose the majority of lung cancers early, and that makes a big difference. Professor Ray Donnelly of the Roy Castle Foundation has been campaigning for more widespread screening since the charity was formed in 1990. They raised funds to start the pilot programmes that have now been adopted on a national scale and he's delighted to see the scheme roll out. So now we have the national screening programme announced and this will make a huge difference to survival rates for lung cancer which historically have been very, very poor. This is such a major advance and we will find many more patients in stages 1 and 2 when they generally be cured and that is a real cause to be celebrated. There are a couple of notable and quite different theories about how the Earth came about. The old school God is a builder getting things done in seven days version or the traditional scientific view which is that it took hundreds of millions of years. Well, there's a new theory in town and that suggests that the Earth might have been formed in just a few million years and that the process of formation created the water that is so essential to life. And that could be a game changer in terms of what's out there in the galaxy. So we caught up with one of the authors of the study at the University of Copenhagen, P.H. PhD student Isaac Agnes. So we've always assumed that the Earth took hundreds of millions of years to form, but are you saying something different? That's correct, yeah. When the solar system was born, it was filled with sort of gas, gas and dust. And people have always envisioned that the terrestrial planets, Earth and Mars, formed by the merging of asteroids that were built from this dust, which takes hundreds of millions of years. But now we have these extremely powerful telescopes. We can see that there's gaps being carved out of dust in other stellar systems on really short timescales. And this indicates that the accretion of dust rather than just asteroids was instrumental in, sh- in sort of shaping the formation of the planets. The report mentions the Earth being formed out of pebbles. Is that like pebbles on a beach? Pebbles is just sort of jargon in the astrophysical community for uh, millimetre to centimetre sized objects, but they're actually more like flour in your hand. So rather than hundreds of millions of years, how quickly did the Earth form? Our data suggests that 
Earth and Mars were formed within around three million years. Uh, and this is because when dust is sort of drifting inwards towards the sun from the outer solar system, they feel a, almost like a headwind from the gas in the, in, the, uh, in the disk, which causes them to spiral inwards onto the growing planet really, really, really rapidly. We thought the Earth became, well, the Earth by chance, and that water arrived via a comet or an asteroid. But that may not be the case either, right? Yeah, so if the planets were built by collisions between asteroids, then for water to have been delivered to, delivered to Earth and possibly even Mars, then we would have needed a water-rich asteroid to collide with, or a comet to collide with the surface of the planet as it was growing. But in this new pebble accretion theory, this dust that was being accreted was very rich in volatiles, including water, which were essential for sort of the emergence of life. <clears throat> so a consequence of this is that if other planets were forming in other stellar systems by the same mechanism, which they most probably were, then the delivery of water to the terrestrial planets would be a predictable outcome of their accretion process, as opposed to just like a chance event between two asteroids or an asteroid that hit the surface. I guess this means there could be many more inhabitable planets out there. Uh, yeah, it increases the chance that we have water worlds and other stellar systems in the galaxy, I would say. But there are other things that need to be considered, such as, you know, you need to be in the Goldilocks zone, so it's called. Okay, what is the Goldilocks zone? Uh, it's basically just when you're at the right distance from the sun for the conditions to be in place for life to sort of emerge. So you're saying Elon shouldn't get his hopes up just yet? Uh, exactly, yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> Still to come on the Sunday 7, Will Guide explains why Marvel's causing drama with AI and could a daily diet pill be on the way? Plant-based meat is a growing industry and we looked at the use of pea protein last week. And while we have meatless burgers and even 3D printed steaks, the meatless industry hasn't really managed to convincingly create an animal-friendly version of chicken as of yet. Well, until now, the US Department of Agriculture and the US Food and Drug Administration just licensed two companies to sell cultured chicken. They're called Eat Just and Upside Foods and this is a pretty major milestone for animal-free meals. Upside Foods COO Amy Chen spoke to Yahoo Finance and explained how they go about it. Um, we call it cultivated chicken. Um, so it's essentially the meat that you've always known but made in a new way. So it's literally grown from animal cells. So we start with a sample of cells, we feed them nutrients, vitamins, etc. in what we call a cultivator. And after anywhere from one to three weeks, they produce meat that we can then harvest and formulate into any delicious product that you love. So the animal cells can come from a variety of places. They come from the animal species, so a chicken. Um, in our case, we started with a fertilized egg. Type 2 diabetes is a major threat to the health of the world's population, with over 2 million deaths from diabetes and kidney failure in 2019. Type 2 diabetes is closely associated with obesity and losing weight can have positive effects, but that's not as easy as it sounds. Now, with the development of weight loss drugs such as Ozempic and Wegovy, there's real hope that obesity and diabetes can be tackled quickly. Most of the drugs developed so far are delivered as weekly injections, but now manufacturers are working on developing a daily pill version with which would be easier to take and would cost a lot less. A study in the New England Journal of Medicine says that Eli Lilly's new pill, the snappily titled Orford Lipron, produced a 14.6% weight loss over a 36-week period. Dr. Celine Gounder of CBS News explains how the diet pills might work. All of these medications work by teaching um, sort of that hormonal axis between the brain and the gut the way that your brain tells your digestive system, look, you've had enough, mm -hmm. uh, it's those hormones that these, these uh, medications are impacting. They're also uh, impacting your blood sugar levels. 
Um, in terms of injection versus oral, oral may be easier for a lot of people to take. It yes. is every day. Yeah. Uh, and we don't know how big the pills are going to be. So to come on the Sunday 7, Virgin Galactic successfully heads to space and will guy gets up to speed on the Marvel AI row. Right after this. Welcome back. Each week on the Sunday 7, we catch up on the week's biggest tech story with our resident Sunday 7 tech guru, Will Guyot. This week, Will's been having a look at the storm of protests that's kicked off over Marvel's use of AI. So, what's going on, Will? Well, this is a story I never really thought I'd be talking about, but there's been a hellish amount of blowback for Marvel after they've essentially used artificial intelligence to create the opening sequence on their new show, Secret Invasion. Marvel fans getting annoyed about CGI. That's a bit rich, isn't it? Yeah, well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? It's actually the artists that are more concerned. All of these people that have spent years creating CGI and the kind of growing CGI art industry have suddenly got panicky that essentially Marvel have given a generative AI network the chance to create the, uh, the basically the title sequence for its new show. And of course, as you would expect, all the artists came out and said, hang on a minute, what about our jobs? Marvel have since come out and said, oh, you know, we used artificial intelligence but it was being directed by human beings and but the very fact that that opening sequence for that show which probably would have taken months of uh, an art team's time was created within a computer system is a sign of the times and if marvel are trying this for a tv show you might see this technology starting to be used everywhere we've heard about actors signing off image rights like carrie fisher and rogue one but could we see animators having to sign over their work the, the really interesting thing here is there are no rules at the moment some of the critics of this secret invasion um, animation are even suggesting that there could possibly be elements of other people's work in there that Marvel etc do not own the copyright for because that's how these AI models work and the blowback has been intense I, I don't think they would have expected anything like this and hopefully it might stop some other companies rushing into this kind of world of AI before this all this conversation about who gets credited do humans lose jobs there needs to be some sort of more serious discussions about this do you think Marvel will back down I think they wanted to gauge what opinion people had on this and it's gone down like a you know gone down like a turd in a bathtub so marvel have done a thanos snap on artists around the world <laughs> exactly it is the thanos snap and that's the fear they're all worried they're going to disappear now and they won't come back in five years time The billionaire space race hasn't gone away, you know. After the excitement of Richard Branson versus Jeff Bezos' weirdly shaped blue origin, things have been quiet, though. That all changed on Thursday as Virgin Galactic successfully launched their first commercial space flight. You won't need to pack much as you're only actually in space for five minutes officially. But the first official trip went well and is expected to fly again in August and then begin monthly trips. This one didn't have any tourists on it. It launched from Spaceport America in New Mexico with two members of the Italian Air Force and a research engineer. Flight Commander Walter Villaday is training as an astronaut and completed scientific experiments while on the flight. I, I brought in my pockets multiple cells that were intended to study the effect of the microgravity in the development of these cells. I had a couple of syringes to have uh, new materials uh, uh, mixing together in microgravity. Uh, and then we had a pellet rack. This is a very interesting. So flying with a spaceship, we had the opportunity to install uh, multiple experiments uh, from uh, 
combustion, so having a new fuel and propellants are burning together. And we had the opportunity to study droplets interacting with different uh, surfaces. And uh, so different uh, and uh, most of all, most important, uh, uh, interdisciplinary experiments from multiple uh, uh, scientific communities. Richard Brownings is an interesting character. He has a great job title. He's chief test pilot and founder of Gravity Industries. And he's the guy who invented the Daedalus flight pack. It's an extraordinary looking personal jetpack with three engines on a backpack and additional boosters for each of your hands. And it's proving to be incredibly useful. Apart from military operations, it's also seen as a potentially life-saving way to do mountain rescues and reach people in otherwise impossible places. Richard was in Norway this week to test the mountain rescue capabilities in the intensely mountainous land landscape and he's delighted at the progress the device which was one of the time magazine's best innovations of 2018 is making the jetpack will cost you about 350,000 euro just don't mention that tony stark guide to him okay so it is quite common for people's first reaction upon seeing this to connect it with a movie like the iron man character it is not why i started building this we're actually here training some allied european special forces to fly this equipment this is their fourth week of training uh, and they're all flying brilliantly and we wanted to bring them to an interesting location to complete that training this has been the sunday seven however you're listening do us a favor and hit the follow button we'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m with the regular smart seven ireland edition have a great rest of the weekend written produced and published by dan doris Hi, this is Kira from the Smart 7 Ireland edition. Just to let you know, we're pausing this podcast from Friday the 25th of August, but you can still get up to speed in just seven minutes if you search the Smart 7 and catch up with our UK edition. Thanks for listening.